Welcome to Harvest Valley Worship Center's Sermon of the Week. You can discover more about our church, pastors, and special guests at hvwc.com. We hope that you are blessed by today's message. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Are you ready? All right, let's go. Okay. (laughs) So a couple weeks ago, I uh, was scrolling through Facebook and found uh, out that I was preaching. (laughs) I said a couple weeks ago, I was scrolling through Facebook and I found out that I was going to be preaching today. (laughs) Hey, praise the Lord. So when I I asked the Lord, I go, okay, Lord, what do you want me to preach on? And he said, I want you to preach on finding your blessing in trials. And I said, oh, okay, all righty. So I'm going to start off here with um, James 1, 2 through 4. I'm going to do it in the Passion Translation, and then I'm also going to do it in the Amplified Version. So the Passion Translation says, My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up in you the power of endurance. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, It will release perfection in every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. And the Amplified Version talks about, it says, Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. Be assured and understand that the trial and the proving of your faith brings out endurance and steadfastness and patience with no defects, lacking in nothing. And uh, so I just, I was like, yeah, consider it joy. So I just want to say that sometimes, you know, when we are tested, it's not really to show our weakness but it's actually to discover our strengths. Sometimes the Lord um, wants us to see his strength, and it's really his strength through him. You know, our weaknesses are made perfect in his strength. So James uh, 1 and uh, 1, verse 1, I mean, yes, chapter 1, verse 2 and 3, it teaches us that we should rejoice in difficult situations, knowing that through them, God tests our faith and brings out patience. We really don't like the words uh, such as purification, sanctification, sacrifice, and suffering. But really, in order to reflect Christ in us, those words are necessary. Those actions are necessary. I love what Peter Scacero says. There is often intense crushing pressure living for Jesus in a hostile world. Yet we are invited to look at suffering in an entirely different way as God's way to remove our immaturity or unhealthy attachments and deposit his life and character in us. 
And that's just really a good statement. And, you know, sometimes you have to let go of the picture of what you thought life would be like and find the joy in the story that you're living right now. Yeah. You know, life, as we know, it's not, not always fair. So sometimes we just have to just look and just say, thank you, Lord. I love what Charles Spurgeon says. He says, I have learned to kiss the wave that slams me into the rock of ages. Ouch. Ouch. But, I mean, what a powerful statement. So uh, James chapter 1, uh, verses 2 through 4, is about trials and temptations, which we all face. So we are constantly facing them. It's a part of life. And in each trial or temptation, there is a decision on our part whether or not we are going to walk in the flesh and surrender to the flesh or walk in the spirit and surrender to Christ. We are told in James to count it all joy. That's a strange response to trials and temptations. But James 1.3, the testing or the trying or testing of our faith. You know, most of us, I don't know about you, I don't like test. Nope. Never did. Especially surprise ones. But test the testing of our faith helps develop patience. That's why it's so important. It helps develop patience. So Life's filled with disappointments. We all know that. We've all been through lots of disappointments. But along the way, we have the opportunity to turn those disappointments into appointments to glorify God. So growing in, he wants us to grow into maturity, and patience is the quality. We so often uh, fail to, we so often fail to wait on the Lord. We need patience to wait on the Lord. Because if we don't wait on the Lord and His timing, we get in trouble. And I know you guys all know the story about Abraham and Sarah. And we still deal with the, you know, the tension in the Middle East today. Really because of not waiting, you know, on the Lord, on His timing. And sometimes that timing, you know, sometimes, well, I, I just, need, I could do it. I just need to, you know, I can, I'll take care of it. I'll do it. And the Lord said, no, wait, I have something better for you. Just wait, wait, be patient. So God really, he really wants mature sons and daughters and not spoiled children who throw temper, temper tantrums when we don't get our way. Why is that the truth? Yeah. I mean, really it's so easy to just be like, you know, I want it my way. We're not Frank Sinatra, so we can't have it our way. Okay, so that's probably for us older folks that know Frank. (laughs) Sinatra, great singer. Okay, so anyways, um, so let us ask God for wisdom when we face difficult situations in our life. Wisdom, we need God's wisdom as we're facing difficult situations. Um, We really need to show the world his glory and splendor when we are able to walk through difficult situations through the power of his grace. 
uh, you know, let us reflect on his beauty and uh, show the thirsty, hungry, and dying that he is the answer to every question they have. Uh, you know, let us not complain or be ungrateful. It's so easy to do when we're in a test or a trial is to complain and murmur and grumble and everything. But, you know, let us not side with the accuser in disappointment and hopelessness, as we talked about so much today. It's so important not to go there. Um, when we go into that disappointment and hopelessness, it's, it's just a really bad place. And we really need to be a testimony to those who don't know Christ. You know, they need to look at our lives, and when we're going through trials, really hard trials, that they can, we can count it all joy because we know what he's done and he, we know what he's going to do and we don't have to be discouraged or disheartened. I know it, it, sometimes it's heavy, it's heavy in our hearts, but that's where we turn it over to the Lord and Lord, I give you my heart and I just trust you and I don't want to live in disappointment or hopelessness. So we need to really walk in the kingdom of God which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Peace and joy. Righteousness, peace, and joy. I love that there's peace and there's joy. Yeah. And we're, we're made righteous. So I love this, this statement uh, someone made is, every possible trial to the child of God is a masterpiece of strategy of the captain of his salvation for his good. So in everything, God is good. In everything, in every little piece, even the things that look like, I mean, you're just ready to crash and burn. God is faithful and he's working everything together for good. Everything, everything. So um, joy, faith, patience, and prayer are so important as we walk along in our journey to become mature sons and daughters of God. I just wanted to talk about some pitfalls um, that we fall into when we face trials. Uh, one is disappointments. Uh, two is delays, you know, that, that you know, Delays. Three is afflictions. Four is conflict. And five is the little things. And I'm going to explain these to you. So one, the disappointments, they can lead to hopelessness and heartless, heartlessness, which is a hardening of the heart. Delays of life is like when hope is deferred and it makes the heart sick. And when you feel temptation to force your own way and make things happen through your own strength. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 says, Trust the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on Him to guide you, and He will lead you in every decision you make. Uh, afflictions of life, which involve severe pain and nervous restlessness, which seem to make patience impossible. Don't, don't let afflictions send you down the wrong road. Conflict. Let's face it, we 
have conflict in life. And sometimes daily. (laughs) And sometimes with those people whose tempers and dispositions are especially trying to us. But we need to be able to bear that. And that's with the grace of the Lord to bear those people that get on our last nerve. So the little things of life, those are all those small demands that come in our life that uh, we just kind of, they just gnaw at us. Little by little, they gnaw at us. And we start to lose self-restraint. We start to become impatient and sometimes even grumpy. So let's not be grumpy. Let's not be one of the seven dwarves. Let's not be grumpy. (laughs) Let's be happy. (laughs) Don't worry, be happy. I had that song on my, my list this morning. Me and Bob Marley. So patience is the one virtue that is especially cultivated by the sanctifying of the common events and the relations in our life. So those little things, those little things in life help us work towards patience. So watch for those little things that wear you down and don't let them wear you down. I'm going to read this wonderful passage I found. It's um, by this fellow named Bishop Horn. I don't even know who he is, but it's called The Praise of Patience. Patience is the guardian of faith, the perseverer of peace, the cherisher of love, and the teacher of humility. Patience governs the flesh, strengthens the spirit, sweetens the temper, stifles anger, extinguishes envy, and subdues pride. Patience produces unity, makes us humble, cheerful in adversities, unmoved by calamity. She teaches us to forgive those who have injured us, and to be able to be the first in asking forgiveness of those we have injured. She delights in the faithful and invites the unbelieving. Her countenance is calm and serene, and there's no wrinkle of grief or anger ever seen on her forehead. Her eyes are as eyes of doves, for meekness and uh, for meekness and joy are are on her. Her mouth is lovely in silence. Her complexion and color is that of innocence and security. She shakes her head at the adversary, despising and laughing him to scorn. Her throne is the humble and contrite heart and her kingdom is the kingdom of peace. Let patience have her perfect work in you. So I want to just talk about how to nourish patience. We really need to sense God's presence in in ourselves. So spend time in God's presence. Sometimes that's hard to do when we're going through trials. 
because our minds are so worked up. But we really need to just seek his presence in those times. Let God, let God's holy purpose deal with us. So let God deal with those areas in our life that do not reflect him. Let God do the necessary work of sanctification in us. So important. And for sure, don't despise the pressure that produces diamonds in your life. It's so easy to um, despise those things when we have trials and stuff. And always remember, always, always remember the exceeding great and precious promises of the blessings of God in your life. He is so wonderful. He is so wonderful. So as I was doing this, I was thinking about the Apostle Paul. Bless his heart. <laughs> the Apostle Paul. I love that. I love him. I, you know, after Jesus, I want to meet the Apostle Paul because I love the book of Ephesians and, well, I love, I love all of his stuff. But anyways, um, uh, he's a wonderful example to us of someone who has faced continual trials and never stopped serving God or living for him. Um, if we just look at uh, 2 Corinthians eleven twenty three through 28, it speaks of many trials that uh, he faced. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Was put in prison over and over. Was flogged uncounted number of times faced death over and over, received 39 lashes from the Jews five times, was beaten with a rod three times, was stoned one time. And I'm not talking about Bob Marley, okay? <laughs> talking with rocks. <laughs> he was shipwrecked three times. He spent a day and a night in the sea. He was in continual dangers from rivers and robbers. He was in danger from his own countrymen, as well as the Gentiles that the Lord had him go preach to. He was in danger in the city, in the country, and at the, at the sea, and from his false brothers. So no matter where he was at, he was in danger. He was weary and in pain often, without sleep. He was often hungry and thirsty and cold and naked. And that yet he was continually concerned with the health of all the churches that he went to visit. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think I faced any of these things on this list. Well, I've been hungry, but not, not like that. And I've been cold, but not, you know, not out there being naked. So, yeah, wow. That's all I got to say as well. So I love what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4, 17. He says, <laughs> he writes, for our momentary light afflictions that produce for us an eternal weight of glory is far beyond all comparison. Now, I don't know if that list I just read, did, did that sound like light afflictions to you? I, it didn't to me, but, you know, 
Paul's got a different idea there, but, you know, hey, praise the Lord. So, um, yeah, a momentary. If we would all realize really how, how fleeting this life is, it's but a vapor, and it's just like that. And they're just really light and momentary afflictions, really. When we are able to see the glory of the Lord and who he is and all of his majesty and holiness, those things don't even count. They, they just don't even count. So First Peter 4, 12 and 13 talk about suffering and glory, and I'm going to read that scripture to you. Beloved friends, if life gets extremely difficult with many tests, don't be bewildered as someone, as no, as through something, as though something strange were overwhelming you. Instead, continually rejoice, for you, in a measure, have shared in the sufferings of the Anointed One, so that you can share in the revelation of His glory and celebrate with even greater gladness. Also, we have to remember God is our living hope. So in 1 Peter 1, 5 through 7, it says, Through our faith, the mighty power of God constantly guards us until our full salvation is ready to be revealed in the last time. May the thought of this cause you to jump for joy. Even though lately you have been had even though lately you've had to put up with the grief of many trials but those only reveal the sterling core of your faith which is far more valuable than gold that perishes for even gold is refined by fire your authentic faith will result in even more praise glory and honor when Jesus the anointed one is revealed you know, I have to think of the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and their trial. And that's when they met Jesus. He was the fourth man in the fire. So through the fire, God refines us and purifies us. And that's when we're able to see the gold in our trials because there is gold in our trials. I know sometimes it doesn't feel like it. Psalm uh, 34, 19 through 20 also talks about even though bad things happen to the good and the godly ones, the Lord will save them and not let them be defeated by what they face. God will be your bodyguard to protect you when trouble is near. Not one bone will be broken. I love how God is our bodyguard. And he is always there. And then Jesus, King Jesus says in John 16, 33, And everything I've taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you and will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows. But you must be courageous, for I have conquered the world. So he has conquered the world, and we are in him, which means we have also conquered the world. Come on, 
So um, here are some, I just wanted to say, here's some five essentials to live by when you're facing trials. Uh, one is uh, Colossians 3.2, and I'm going to read that to you. Feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Let's keep our eyes focused on him. Feast on heaven. It's easy not to do that when we're in trials, but that's where our strength comes from is when we feast on the heavenly realms of Christ Jesus. Number two is Hebrews 12.2. We look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention and expectation onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now is exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. That is just so powerful, so powerful. He, you know, even though, I mean, he, he set his face of the joy before him. Now, again, uh, I wasn't there at the cross, but it doesn't sound fun at all. So I just am so grateful he paid that price for us, and we have to remember that we just got to keep our eyes fixed on him. Number three is Romans 12.1. Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? We need to surrender ourselves to God and to be his sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. It's so important that we are living sacrifices that glorify God. Number four is Matthew eleven, twenty-eight. Are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Come to him, come to me, he says. I will refresh your life, for I am your oasis. I love that. In a dry and thirsty land, he is our oasis. He is the just the, the fountain of living water. He is the well of life we can drink from. It's, it's just so important that we just set our eyes on him. And then number five is Psalm 150, verse 6. And it's, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So it's really, really important that everything in us praise the Lord. Every breath of our life praises the Lord. So in closing, I just want to just ask you to remember that when you're going through the trials of life, look for the blessings because they are all around you. And all you have to do is see with your spiritual eyes and the kingdom of God will be revealed to you. And his kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So I want you all to be blessed. And thank you so much.
come on. What a great day to deal with hopelessness during the worship. Hang up here for a minute. To deal with the hopelessness during the worship, dealing with disappointment, dealing with that, and then she comes up and talks about patience. This willingness to endure past where we've been, right? And, and we have an epidemic of entitlement in the body of Christ that says, because I've experienced the blood of Jesus, I should have it all and I should have it now. And that's not actually a kingdom concept. Mm -hmm. It's demonic in nature. Mm -hmm. Now we get everything that his blood is paid for. Yes. Right? But we have to say, God, your will be done. I don't always get that right. I don't always see his perspective clearly. So we need to inject this giant dose of humility into the body of Christ that says that my judgment might not be as good as God's judgment. That what I think I need from God might not be what God actually needs me to do or what he has for me in this moment. See, when we miss our expectations, is what I was hearing when you were preaching, when we get our expectations wrong about what God is giving us, we refuse to be patient. And now we pick up an offense at God. We deal with disappointment. We deal with judgments. We deal with all this stuff because we do not align our expectation with God. We've aligned expectation with our own heart. We're now aligning our expectations with our own heart because we're twisting the word of God to match what I want. It's demonic in nature. So that's what the devil did when he tempted Jesus. He twisted the word to get Jesus out of alignment with his perfect will. All right. Now, we, we lean into the promises of God. I don't get the privilege of telling God how it's going to go. Come on now. And that's the problem, right? We attach disappointment because, God, you're not doing it the way I want you to do it. And in my time, because my timing is really perfect. All the time. All the time I nail it. It's just great. Now, let's do it. Why not? I can't think of one good reason why you wouldn't do everything I want you to do right now, Jesus. This is how we act, right? And so a lot of disappointment and a lot of anxiety and fear and a lot of these issues that, that we deal with so much in the body of Christ today are a direct result of our unwillingness to receive from the Holy Spirit one of the fruit, which is patience. Because this is the fruit of being with God. So no matter what's happening around me, I can, I, can, I can have joy and peace because I can sustain and have perseverance knowing his character is good, knowing his promises are true, knowing that he is faithful. And I, he's not, I'm not his boss. He doesn't work for me, right? He doesn't work for me. I work for him. And whatever he wants, chooses to put in my lap today, I'll receive it fully. And what he says, it's better for me not to have. This is very confusing for the early church, right? Mm -hmm. Before Pentecost, they didn't get it. Why did Jesus leave us? He said it'd be better that he go. They didn't get it for 50 days. They were struggling. And yet the Holy Spirit came, right? In God's perfect timing. 
So with this, I just will you stand. We're just going to receive um, the, the extra dose of humility that we need today in order to be patient. And we're going to let go of the expectations that we've placed on God that are not from the Lord. Maybe you can turn your mic back on. And I feel like you need to pray, pray some of that over us this morning, Lisa. Because you actually model this in your life very well. It's Thank beautiful. You. Thank you. So, Father God, I just, I thank you for today. And I thank you that through all these trials and tests, that it does perfect patience in us, Father. I thank you that patience is, is one of the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, and I thank you so much that you have given us the Holy Spirit to be able to walk in all the fruit. And patience is one of those. And so, Father, right now, I just ask that we would all lay aside every bit of false expectation, every bit of um, anxiety and um, anxiety, disappointment, false expectations, judgment, and Father, I just ask that you would help us to lay all that down and have humility of heart, that we would be humble and we would have a contrite heart that it says in, in uh, Psalm 50 about David, he had a, a humble and a contrite heart. And God, you do not despise that. And I thank you. And let us not despise trials. Yep. Let us not be yep. despise the trials and, and be... Um, just angry and grumpy about him. But let us actually just rejoice. Rejoice because we know that it is it was producing patience and endurance and strength in us every day, Father. And that's what we need to go out and show the world, Father. We need to be an example of Christ in us, the hope of glory, walking in patience and humility and love. And so, Father, I thank you now for everyone here, Father, and everyone who hears this message, Lord, that they would lay down every bit of everything that just hinders their walk with you and their focus on you and the patience and the peace and the love and the joy that we can have that is part of the kingdom and in fullness of what you've given us, Lord. And in your timing, in your perfect timing, Father. We would learn to walk in your perfect timing. We would not step out of timing with you, Father. We would walk in your perfect timing. We would not create any Ishmaels in our life, Father. We would wait for your promise. We would wait for the promise of Isaac in our lives, Father. And we would not step out and birth a bunch of Ishmaels, Father. But we would wait. We would wait. Even when it looked like Abraham and Sarah, even when it looked like it was they were dead, their womb was her womb was dead, his seed was dead, it looked like they were way past it, and yet you still provided for them. So Father, help us, help us to receive. Receive the patience and be able to wait on your timing in Jesus name. Amen.
Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Harvest Valley Worship Center is called to be a refuge for healing and a launch pad for transformation. If this message impacted you today, please let us know in a comment, or you can email us at media at hvwc.com. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to connecting with you.